two step forward, one step back, three steps forward, five step back, and then and then you make a content leap. Well, hello, my friends. It's Yara Vinay here with you on this wonderful Monday. And I'm joined today by my friend, John Lee from Silver Elephant. And we're really glad to have you back. It's been a little while, John, so I'm sure there's a lot of updates uh, from your side of the world. But um, instead of uh, you know deciding what's going on, I'd rather just ask you, how are you today? I'm doing fine, Yara. Good to be on your show. I think it might have been in June or uh, July when I last came on. So it's been... Uh... It's been a summer over. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, summer break is over, John. Let's get some silver updates. Um, so it's nice to have you back. I hope you had a nice summer so far. And um, what's been going on with you guys in Silver Elephant this summer? Well, the summer typically is a slow going for both the metals market and as well as the junior mining market associated with gold and silver. Um, recall Yara when I was talking to Chris uh, back in July, you know, and as well as, as, as I've been talking uh, throughout this year since January, that the condition for silver remains murky, and partly because um, uh, there was a, there was an opportunity for silver really to uh, to shine and get past thirty dollars in in twenty twenty, mm -hmm. taking advantage of the uh, toppiness of the dollar, so the dollar has. Um, sort of staged its correction from the high of about 102 at the peak of the crisis uh, and crashing down to almost 88, 89. And since the early part of this year, we've been this mode of uh, counter cyclical dollar rebounding phase and it's been ongoing since January and February. And uh, I think what happened in, in February when the Reddit crowd and the GameStop that really put a lid on, 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 on silver where every last bit of sort of buying power for silver is being exhausted and it's being spent in, in the month of February. And since they would be going through that consolidation, um, while gold and silver refuse to die, they're in this consolidation pattern. But on the other side of the coin, Yara, that the dollar, you know, refused to break out. So now we're in a bit of a stalemate where you know mm -hmm. everybody's waiting to see how high the dollar would go in this post-crisis rebound and everybody's waiting to see how low um, gold and silver would be while dollar is is going through this process of of, of popping out so summer summer is uh it's been quite slow and so far in this first the first week two weeks of september it seems to be playing sort of still in that in, the, in that flying pattern yara so you're feeling like we're in a little bit of a watch and wait situation kind of on both sides? Right, right, exactly. <clears throat> I think in, in addition to the so, sort of, you know, we're dealing with the dollar, we're dealing with the global financial system, which is closely tied to geopolitics and what else is going on around the world. And I'm actually part of, part of a surprise that the equity market is holding up quite well given all the uncertainties that's happening around the world in Australia and in Europe and all the protests is happening. Uh, keep in mind again, Yara, like, uh, you know, one of my favorite books is Reminiscence of Stock Operator. Okay. And um, the post-crisis since, since uh, mid-2020, there is really a positive correlation amongst all markets at the expense of the dollar. So what I mean by that is the equity is staged a very healthy rebound across the board in spite of fundamentals, you're talking airlines and 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 
and consumer stables and, and just about everything, even real estate. And uh, several commodities, you know, copper, oil, base metals, precious metals, and bonds and stage to rebound. So, so you're looking at really what we've seen so far from the uh, from the uh, from sort of the uh, from COVID uh, crisis is is a is a positive correlation of all equity markets, currency market, bond market moving in the same direction from the from liquidity. And uh, and and now it's a question of you know once if there's a withdrawal of the liquidity. How is those individual market is going to play out based on their fundamentals? So th th that is yet to be seen. But what we're looking at is some weakness amongst various different markets here. Like for example, uh, uh, oil had a bit of a correction and now it's staged back. Mm -hmm. Same as copper and platinum is very weak. So I think there's some areas where there's a bit of fundamental weakness that's exerted itself. And even in gold and silver, they're below 200-day moving average. So that is a cause for concern. But all in all, Yara, you're writing what you're saying is everybody's waiting and see what's happening. And it's tough to say um, with a definitive answer, especially given the uh, metals market like gold and silver, Yara, you know, the, the, the momentum comes in spurs, right? right? So you had a couple of marching orders from maybe a journalist fund and they stick their neck out there and they look around and and, and waiting for follow through and, and there was no you know, substantiate a follow through, then they're going to retreat. So that's why you're right. I think, I think, I think the, the, the traffic light is still flashing yellow and red. And a lot of people are just waiting and seeing they don't want to be the leader. And they're just waiting for that big, big lead of which they can follow. So you had mentioned the um, February and, and, you know, Wall Street silver and, and a lot of new people kind of focusing their attention on silver. I know that there's been a lot of people that have been in precious metals for a long time, but for these relatively new to the market people, do you think that there's maybe a concerted effort to make this kind of a wild ride so that, you know, kind of push the the new energy, the new eyes out of the market? I know that people have been focused a lot on uranium the last two weeks, but do, do you think that that might be part of it is sort of tamping down, for lack of a better word, um, from our friend Rostin Benham, uh, the enthusiasm for the, the metals markets? Well, I mean, the, 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 you know, the so the concept of prices discovery is long gone. It started the equity market, the currency market, the bond market, and now the precious metals market used to be, used to be have the, so answer your questions, I believe so, Era, because used to be, you had these Friday smash, Mm -hmm. Riding fun the holidays or long weekend, and now it seems to be <laughs> Monday to Thursday and Friday. <laughs> you got a bit of reprieve. Okay. Uh, and uh, keep in mind, as you said, I think it would be a lot easier if, if, like, if you look at say same time a year, <clears throat> say you know, not a same time a year ago, but if you look at say January twenty twenty, or um, or uh, if you look at yeah, like if you look at 2019, you know, silver was 14, $13. And so if I were to tell you within two years, silver is going to go to 23, 24, would you be happy? I think 8, 70, 80% of people survey would they say yes. But instead of what the silver did is, you know, it spent uh, last, last July and August in two months, more than double, right? Went to almost 30. And now it's going through this jerk move movement. So the Mr. Market, even given the bull market, the, the best way to shake out of these weekends and, and these ones, the ones that are sort of um, 
without convictions is through that volatility. And uh, so silver is not a market. You know, there's a market, I would say, one step, two step forward, one step back. Right. In silver, it's two step forward, one step back, three steps forward, five step back, and then, and then you make a quantum leap, right? So you never want to get out of your position. And uh, the way they, they, the guys will shake out of the market is, I mean, the other side of the coin, they're very sophisticated operators. They track technical trends as well as you do. So they would deliberately engineer a, um, a, a chart that looks very bearish and in, in, in taking out 50-day or 200-day moving average with heavy volume mm-hmm. to try to induce the journalists find an algos in selling. And that's why you know silver was never a good uh, market for the algos or to um, for the for the for the for the sort of momentum funds to trade because they they do get whipsawed. So I've noticed we've been hanging around twenty four a lot recently. Is there any kind of magic power of the algos around twenty four, or do you think that that's just where we're at because of the doldrums of summer? Well, yeah. Since January, I've been telling Chris um, that that. The all the fundamentals uh, are a lot of that is captured in the in price action in volume and and also in price. Mm-hmm. So my my January forecast was was that nine months ago was that silver is going to bounce between twenty four and and uh, twenty eight, and that's what that's what we have been seeing. Yeah. Um, and uh, what's interesting is is if you look at gold, I think a lot of times silver followed the gold lead. Given silver is just a tiny market, you're looking at billion ounce uh, of, of supply that's only 25 billion dollars in, in nominal value volume in, in, in supply demand but if we were to follow the gold if we were to follow gold um on the on the dollar down market gold is supposed to go up but it's, it's being managed mm-hmm. but even a dollar up market like today but gold is refused to go down so it's kind of like the movie matrix where where morpheus has been captured and you know, the guy just been pounding on him and, and, and doing all sorts of, you know, torturing him, but the guy refused to die. And that's the <laughs> feeling that I have for gold, where though it's lurking beneath that 200-day and 50-day moving average, technically it looks quite weak, mm-hmm. but it just refused to bulge. So that is a good sign. And typically in the, in the chart that I looked at for this type of action of guys that are hanging below that resistance, resistance level for, for weeks and months, that just shows that you have maybe one or two players that were artificially exerting pressure on the on, on the on the market, but sooner or later the fundamentals going to give um, the, that that the manager is going to give way to the fundamentals, and you're going to have a spike up. So I would say watch gold closely. It's 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 doing it's doing it's being it's being managed at just under eighteen hundred, but it's lurking right beneath that two hundred day moving and fifty day moving average. Both are at about eighteen hundred. Okay. But silver is a little bit weaker in that uh, 200 day is 2580. So it's around 10, just under 10% from here. And the 50 day moving average is around where we are. So, so it seems to me that it seems to me that sort of, you know, the markets are waiting for a sign to, to, to resume its fall. Um, and uh, it's poten- potentially it's possible if you look at where dollar is uh, that I think the dollars, there's a lot of congestions at about 95 to 96 level. And that's, that's I think where a dollar as high as much as it would go in this counter circle rebound, rebound mm-hmm. from the current 92 and a half. If that event were to happen, and I'm not saying that well, but it's a possibility, especially if it's on geopolitics event that, that, that will play out in the fall. 
if if dollar were to go to 95, 96, it's potentially possible for dot for for silver to spike down to the 21 to 22 dollar level. So so that would um, that would actually spell bullish because every time you have these sort of artificial breakdown, that's when the breakout happened, just like right. in March 2020, when silver went to 12, they went to 30. But I would say a 50-50% chance would happen. And the other possibility is the dollar sort of just dribble downwards until it breaks down from the 92 level down below 50 day and then break down to below 90, of which then that's going to be the green light for uh, gold and silver. But right now, I would say, I think just overall, um, the, the for the long-term trader, for the long-term investors, uh, the downside for silver is quite limited, same for gold, but the upside is is a lot more to come. I mean, if you look at fundamentals speaking really quickly, and I was looking at, the, looking at some of the fundamentals, in, in 2010, post-financial crisis, silver topped at $50. And back then there was 10 million. Let's forget about money supply for a minute because <laughs> the guy has $50 on the street. He's not going to buy silver, but there are 10 million. There are five times more millionaires today than it was 2010, 2010. So there are 50 millionaires, 50 million millionaires, 50 million millionaires. Whereas in 2010, there was only 10 million millionaires. So you can see there's a lot of discretionary spending that are yet to be uh, in silver. And a lot of guys get their hands burned and they're going after some other easier targets like uranium, for example, which fundamentals are not bad, but 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 I would say silver is is, is, is a lot better, but they just get their hands burned. They'd rather go for places where easier money is made. But I think eventually it would just be too hard to ignore. If, 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 if oil continues to be 70 and uranium at 40 and then copper at 450, it, it would just be too hard to ignore where, where last time gold is 1800, silver is 50 and silver now is only 23. Um, so I think both fundamentally and technically they're just waiting for that you know, moment to exhale and it'll be some momentous event. Whether it could be catalyst driven on some specific event or it could be just quite natural of a guy that choose to step in, like I said, put their neck out there and then see if there's any followers. And the longer it's gonna come up because liquidity fundamentals continue to be bullish, then I think once that resistance that would just get taken out, the the um, the bounce and the and the uh, and the and the, the spike will be a lot quicker and bigger in magnitude, the longer the, the weight is. <clears throat> Great. Well, I appreciate your perspective on that. And you <laughs> used one of my favorite words, which is fundamentals. Um, so it seems to me like the fundamentals for silver are as good, if not better than when I was first introduced to silver by Chris in 2019, um, what, like you said, when it was around 14. Um, and the push for green energy and a lot of, um, you know, solar and, and just... Yes. There, there's becoming mandates on the amount of certain kinds of energy that we're going to need. And I know that's pushing uranium a little bit potentially, yes. but I think for silver, that feels to me like the fundamentals are even better because there's going to be more industrial demand. And so I was wondering if you could kind of, for anybody who's new to silver, kind of lay out why, why the fundamentals are something that, you know, you're excited about. Well, yeah, um, silver has got that particular dual, dual personalities of industrial versus monetary. Mm -hmm. And around 60 to 70% of that falls into industrial. That, that'll include solar, medical, photography, and conductivity, electronics, et cetera. However, as, as I've been talking quite a, for quite a while now, it's always the investment demand that drive the prices 
despite the prices. Right. And um, and the 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 mainstream analysts never put a fifty dollar price tag, no. <laughs> uh, and because they always analyze the fundamentals. But that investment demand is the one that always drive the prices. Even in the case of uranium or cobalt, back in two thousand seventeen when cobalt went up four times, not because people buy cobalt for batteries. But because instead of vanadium back in 2018, when vanadium from three to forty dollars, always those speculators. And yeah, the reason is this: when you're an industrial user and the price spikes, they would defer their expenditures. They would find substitutes. So these industrial users are always very quite fairly price elastic. But whereas investment demand is quite the exact opposite, that as the price go up, more people will buy. Oh, yeah. So it's always those people that were, I mean, recite, you know, in 2011, take the stick with silver, it was Eric Sprott and along with some Asian investors that uh, try to corner silver physically. And, and I think they, 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 they want to market and buy 50 million ounces of silver. And it's not a lot, you know, it's, it's like $700 million. And that drove this physical market up and shortage. And, and uh, so that caused JP Morgan to uh, accumulate around 200 million ounces in reserve. So this time around, maybe a little more difficult. Mm-hmm. And same in 2004, if you look at what happened to silver, it went from four to $12. It was a US men out of, run out of strategic reserve. Again, that caused that, uh, uh, that investor frenzy to hoard silver. Mm-hmm. And I think this time around, it's not gonna be any different. Um, yes, there's a lot of silver around 20%, 100, 150 million ounces today that go into solar application and solar is the, is the um, fastest growing uh, any power generation growth in, in the world, mm-hmm. as well as the United States and in China. But on the other side, the per ounce silver that goes into solar panels has gone down more than 50% because of the technological break- breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. So I would say in the future going forward, again, you're going to see these pretty steady demanding silver. It's not like platinum where you go, some of the usage or lead will go away. Uh, for silver, it's always going to be there because it's a diversified a range of applications for the modern world. But it's always going to be that um, diehard silver guys that's gonna steadily eat away that supply until that reflection point, uh, inflection point that come. And I don't think it's gonna be far away. It's gonna be really dictated you know, by, the, uh, by the path of the dollar. And, I, and the dollar has been rebounding for almost, you know, more than six months. And in the post financial, 2009 financial crisis, it, it peaked about, you know, the rebound was lasted about nine months. So I think we're, we're about there. Mm-hmm. And co- coupling with, with this uh, September's tr- traditionally strong season for, for gold and silver. So it's been a lot luster in the first 10 days. The, ju- the jury is still out. Um, we, we, there's a window of opportunity for gold and silver, even though it's running out for, for, for this moment, for sort of momentum months of September. If not, we might have to wait until January to March. That's another window of opportunity for gold and silver to show its true color. And uh, and I think this one is going to be a big one. I, if, if the dollar peter out and, and silver is going to be basing off around 25 and gold is about an $1,800 level, these are major resistance level. Once they take out, I think gold can easily top another 30% from here. Whereas for silver, it could, uh, it could uh, challenge previous size of $50 in a hurry. And using my millionaire, millionaire, millionaire's sort of analysis, you could be looking at you know, up to two to five times the high from the previous peak of $50. And that would be $100 to $200. Um, it's, it's not a reasonable target. We just have to sort of go one step at a time. 
well, I think that's how we get everywhere, right? So it'll be fun to, to watch that. Um, I know I've been talking, we had talked to Andy Sheckman recently from Miles Franklin, and he had mentioned that there were a lot more larger um, buyers uh, coming in. So maybe we weren't as busy with small smaller purchases, but the the volume in general was high on the silver because of the larger investors coming in. So I think your million millionaires are starting to wake up to silver maybe a little bit more, especially maybe as they're watching the um, the money keep getting printed without any sort of dam in front of it. But what's your thought about that with all the quick analogy, I can't really sort of over, I can't, I can't overemphasize this point about momentous investing for metals, especially. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like an epiphany moment. And, and now you have a lot of guys that are just, just, just looking at the light, which flashes red. And you have, <laughs> even though there's no cars on the left and the right, but then, but then, you know, guys stick their neck out, but if there's no follow through, then they, they're going to leave and look for somewhere else. There's easier money to be made. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's why I see these pockets of different sort of um, investments. And given, given there's no yield for any investment instruments, you're really just speculating. So I think what we need is, again, you know, some lead orders uh, with a very strong follow, follow through. And I can assure you, Yara, every time somebody stick their neck out and, and the, uh, the power that the, on the other side of the managing of the, of the guy, the other side of the guys on the other side of the fence are, they're doing all that they can to see how can they stick, how can they sort of try to, try to sort of make this crowd go away and, and, and nobody really knows the outcome and, uh, and until sort of almost like a tide, right? When it's a typhoon, you know, whether your dam is going to be big enough to, to fight off the fight off the tide. And I think every time, every time it comes, the tide is going to be stronger and, and bigger and faster and eventually it's going to break. So I, I, there's no question there are some guys that are doing it and maybe there's some guys more patient. They're just chipping away. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I think technically, like I said, it's looking right beneath that resistance level. And I think, you know, in the next six months, we should have, um, you know, once the dollar sort of show, uh, toppled out at, at 95, 96, which should happen within the next six months, mm-hmm. then that, that big, big run for silver and gold uh, would ensue. Yara. So as one of the people who is uh, actually getting silver out of the ground, which, by the way, I don't know if you know this, but the reason why I love miners so much is that's where the silver comes from. Um, yes. So I always get excited to talk to people who are personally involved in that. So with what's been going on so far and what you're doing at Silver Elephant, how are you kind of uh, seeing this play out for Silver Elephant and what have you guys been up to? Well, a couple of things. Well, maybe three or four things, Yara. Um, we're noticing a very significant uptick in costs and uh, and slowing productivity. Whether it's COVID, government response, you know, some of the ministries of some governments are having shown up for work entire year, and we're into September. Right. And uh, the cost anywhere from drilling, from logistics, from transportation, parts, consumables, it's gone, all gone up twenty to thirty percent. So I think at these current prices, um, hard hard. Hard to see that you know any mining companies would be making good money, and uh, I, I really think that's yet to be seen. I'm seeing some of the news out there where hourly pay for McDonald's employees are up to fifteen, eighteen dollars an hour, and I don't think these are temporary phenomenon. I think that's the first thing: the supply is going to be curtailed and it's going to be um, it's going to be throttled because of the rising cost, okay. um, and 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 the miners going to have to think twice before 
before uh, making a billion. Now, before you are like 10 years ago, a billion dollar mine is like, oh my God. But now a billion dollar, like anything of, of, of reasonable size, starting price is a billion dollars. So I think a lot of, you know, for, for companies of all, mining companies of all sizes, to make a billion dollar, a new mine commissioning decision is a lot, lot tougher. And especially if you're looking at a, a rising metals market, you almost want to defer that decision as for as long as you can, because otherwise you'd be shooting yourself in the foot to right. bring the extra supply to market. So that's one of the beauty of, of a rising commodity price environment where naturally the miners want to defer that production decision and then milk it as long as we can. And conversely, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a downward environment for metals, the miners need to bring more production to market in order to make up for the shrinkage in margin. So that's the first thing I, I would say. Uh, and secondly, I've been in the industry for 15 years and uh, you know a lot of the mines or deposits used to be considered marginal and not be looked at. And now they're considered first tier because it is extremely difficult to find a, a precious metals deposit. Silver is a byproduct, so it's a little difficult to um, it's more difficult to sort of assess. But if you look at gold, for example, because we have, uh, Elephant has a gold project in Bolivia. And we, we drilled a year ago where we got a gram of gold and we're pretty excited. And now we're going to be drilling again this year after some geophysical survey. But Yara, in, t in today's world, one gram of gold is considered a pretty good deposit. It's a fun, it has a good foundation a potential. But okay. one gram of gold per ton, a, a ton of a ton of rock is one million grams. One million. So I am looking at I'm looking at some of the core of our drill results from other deposits, and that's you know the core looks good, but you could have no gold and uh, no silver because I mean it is it, it, it is you know I really pay a lot of dues to our geologists and people in the mining industry. It's not an easy thing to find a deposit with one gram, which is one millionth of, yeah. of content in, in, in a ton of rock, one gram out of one million grams a ton. Uh, in, 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 so in content, it's not an easy industry. And, um, and so I think that's something uh, to sort of take into consideration. And last point I wanna just bring up is, you know, uh, while we're going through this sort of excruciating consolidation phase for silver, uh, that's part of the reason the elephant picked up a nickel asset and we got a lot of uh, bashing for our existing shareholders. Um, but we really sort of took that bullet for the short term, even though we could be sitting at $10 million and, and be sipping margaritas mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, drew a couple of holes. But we choose to deploy the capital because we're believing in very bright future in nickel, partly because nickel is the de facto standards for batteries. And you're looking at all the automakers, um, like the like the Audis, Volkswagens, even Ford are phasing out um, inter ICE inter internal combustion engines altogether by 2030. Right. You know that is the future, and um, we're not going to be to go to the merit of those because I own a 12 cylinder car, and but <laughs> that is the future, and the, the market's clearly spoken about, and the nickel is being the de facto standards and in, in in performance and in durability and in technology. So. Um, so I think outside of those people who's maybe got bored of looking at the silver, um, I think nickel is a great market. Fundamentally, it's just breaking out of the nine-year consolidation. So that's something that 
uh, something that we are doing a lot of studying and, and we are putting a bestake uh, silver elephant into a nickel exploration. That's great. So it sounds like you are, are sort of rolling with the current trends and, and keeping the balance in you know, things that you can count on and things that are a little bit more speculative, but you have a lot of silver in the ground though, right? So you're, that's part of kind of the longer term plan for elephant. Right, well, a couple of things. Uh, elephant does have 120 million ounces of silver verified by third party independent consultants. Mm -hmm. So I think if you, I mean, just, just a little bit closing, Yara, if you look at, uh, when you're considering one thing that sort of uh, that I adhere to as, as an investor in the last 20 years is when you consider selling a position or a metal or a mining company, looking at whether, you know, are, are, you, you, you make a lot, you, you, you'd be a very successful investor if you buy 20% from the bottom and sell 20% from the top. So every time when I'm about to sell a position, I ask myself, should I be buying the company instead? So in, and in, in fact, every month I look at my trades, every month at the end of the month, you know, look at my trades, especially picking out the ones where I sold, I sold 20% from the bottom or uh -huh. I bought 20% from the top. And I tried to replay in my mind, the decision-making at the time, why I made that decision, which was opposite of what I should be making. So going back to silver, a lot of people gave up, but you know what? The dollar upside is very limited. Fundamentals are great. So I think now is the time where silver is 20% of the bottom that you should be buying. So if you if you subscribe to that premise, then, then you look at the company, silver companies you want to buy, and the companies that will rebound and take advantage of the next wave. You need, you want to look at you know what the company has, right? What does company promise and what does company delivered? And what, what is what is company, so what is the appeal for investors to double up uh, uh, once the company's sort of once the correction mode is over? And I would encourage every investor to ask their 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 uh, their CEOs and say, you know, what is your prospect of making a big discovery if you haven't? And if and if you have already made a big discovery, what is the chance of proving up that deposit to be or discovery to be eventually economical? So these are important questions to ask because right now every company is beaten down 50, 70, 80%. So then the question becomes, some will make it, some won't. Right. And I can show you that just like the dot com in 2010, 2000, and, so year 2000, or like the silver, first silver bull market in 2006 and the second one in 2011, I've been to two of them. So you wanna be really, so now is the time to look in your portfolio and see which ones has the, has the goods that, that or has the, potential to deliver the goods. So now it's the time to assess because now everybody is down, baby is being thrown in the water and you gotta be able to sort of pick the horses that is gonna be able to be able to revive and some will make it this time around. So just be keep, uh, keeping mind of that. But in terms of the direction of Silver Elephant is that, you know, we made a news release uh, just a month ago and we really heard a lot of our investors they really wanna be able to uh, especially for institutions that have specific mandates, like we have a green energy fund that want to buy our stock for nickel, but that could not because they have a silver that's in Bolivia and that that maybe is not to their sort of to their appetite. And same with silver guys that, that are willing to take the back in South America because that's the largest production of silver come from in Peru and Mexico. Mm -hmm. But then they're and they have done their due diligence, but they they don't want to have vanadium or nickel in their mix. So we've listened to them and, and 
I break my promise of 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 uh, not not of not branching out to running different companies because I don't want my investors to be second guessing as what John Lee is focusing on. Right. We have to break that promise because our shareholders we listen to them. So I think by the end of December, uh, Silver Elephant is going to be split four ways. There's going to be the original Silver Elephant that's going to be focused on silver. There is a fly nickel mining company that's going to be focused on nickel. And that's got a $50 million investment in the nickel project. There's going to be a separate company called Vanadium, Nevada Vanadium. That's got another collectively $40 million of investment in that Vanadium project. That's to do with renewables. And then there's going to be an investment company called Battery Metals Royalty. Royalty. And that is going to be actually the vehicle of my future, my focus on. Uh, oh. my, my passion is really in macro in investment trends, and mm -hmm. we have we have have met some great terrific people in the last thirteen years while managing a mining companies. So so we're gonna pick and select the best people to run each uh, a mining company. But I'm going to gradually relinquish all my roles in all of these companies to focusing on making investments and 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 and, and uh, catch up the early trends, and uh, and then uh, to be uh, to be managing a royalty and investment company in that fourth company of which spin out. So we're we're quite excited about that. Currently, Elephant own Elephant shareholders own all of these assets. So you're going to end up getting shares of these individual spin outs. And the only way you get diluted is if Elephant does the financing, and we're going to do our best to get the best valuation. So there's going to be some dilution, but nobody gets penny stock shares or getting something for nothing. Everybody's treated equally. There's no insider suite rounds or insider getting some founding shares. It'll be, a, there's no shells of which we are vending our asset in there and the, the, the shares of the shell gets a, you know, a free ride. There's none of that, it's organic spin outs. And uh, we're looking to, to, to uh, update the shareholders further in the weeks to come. And uh, I think if all goes well, we should have complete that reorganization before year end. Yeah. That sounds really exciting, John. And it sounds like, you know, within your company, you're kind of diversifying for uh, whatever could happen, including, you know, I love the idea of the streaming, like that yes. royalty companies. I, I really think a lot of people right now are interested in because, you know, they do want to see returns. And, and I think with your kind of macro outlook, that'll be exciting. So I'm looking forward. Well, to I was an investor for first part of the bull and I did much better than because invest mining company, it, it takes more than 10 years to develop a mine. And uh, so I look forward to, I think all of our shareholders are getting very good feedback, are looking forward to owning these shares. So some I sell nickel and double it on silver, and some I sell the silver shares and double it on vanadium, and some mm -hmm. I sell all and call it a day. So I look forward to provide that choice for our shareholders to embark on next exciting, exciting chapter uh, for our company. Well, that sounds exciting to me for sure. And I know um, you're a, a, an investor in your company, obviously, because, you know, why would you trust anybody more than yourself? So can you tell us a little bit about your position in Silver Elephant and just, you know, I know you said you were going to be moving more with your personal energy towards the um, like royalty side, but what, what can you tell us about, you know, how you're personally invested in Silver Elephant? Yes, uh, Yara, I recently... Um... Right now, I, I, I own about 8% of, 7% of Silver Elephant. Mm -hmm. um, that will be about almost 13 and a half million shares. And uh, I pay for every single share. I don't have something in my staple of which I could pick, come out of my pocket and exchange for <laughs> a lot of shares of Silver Elephant. 
So that position is nearly the highest number of shares I've ever owned in this company. And a lot of that shares come from my recent purchase of uh, over 5 million shares net. Um, and I paid the average around 26 cents a share. So that's about 20% higher than where it is. And I wrote a check of uh, cash of well over a million dollars to acquire that position. Um, I, actually, I uh, bought about 8 million shares. I had to sell 2 million shares. I think that of that because some shares were designated for long-term holding and some were just, I thought it was too good to, to, to pass up. And right. so I had to sell something in the, in the market and uh, lost a lot of money, but all of them are around 22 to 26 cents. My conviction and commitment to the company has never wavered. And, um, and uh, you know, all this cash come with the shares purchased at the market price and they didn't come in half warrant or warrants. And uh, so I'm very excited. It's near my highest level of, of, of shareholding in the company ever. And uh, you know, the remainder of shares would, would be a long-term holding, main, maybe, maybe plus minor some of the uh, small elements of trading to, to, uh, to be buying and selling, buying the bottom and selling, but they will be very small in scale, uh, Yara. Well, that's awesome. I think, you know, especially for people who are new to silver, the idea of leverage through miners is exciting, but then there's so much information. It can be a little bit hard to weed through all of it. And so, you know, getting to talk to directly to the CEOs and, and to people and hearing their enthusiasm, their um, their own investment in their their vision and all of that, I think can be extremely helpful for people. But if people want to learn more about what you're doing, um, I know, let me pull up your website here. Um, they can go to silverelif.com. But yes. um, And I know you're also extremely active on Twitter. So yes. um, what's, what would you recommend for people to do if they wanted to learn more about Silver Elephant and, and all of the, the, the official source is always silverelif.com. And, uh, or if you just go to Google or DuckDuckGo or Yahoo, just search Silver Elephant Mining, uh, you get our website, it has all the information, everything's updated, all the technical reports. Uh, collectively, our project had over $150 million investment. So we're really entering that stage where the dividend is going to be paid as all these assets are near uh, construction decision stage. And I'm also very active on Twitter. If you just go to Twitter and search John Lee at silverelephant.com, you should be able to find me pretty easily. Mm -hmm. uh, thanks to uh, Arcadia Economics, we have about 1,600. I have about 1,600 followers, and we also have uh, Twitter and, and YouTube and LinkedIn, but Twitter is one I'm most active. And Yara, we, I tell the market like it is. We don't sugarcoat the market, try to entice uh, buying. And secondly, we don't spend hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, uh, hiring uh, you know, third party to, to, to tell the same story. Right. And so you get it directly from, from the source. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Arcadia is a, is a sponsor and it's very nominal a sponsoring fee, but, but it's certainly not in the hundreds of thousands of dollars that oh, gosh, no. other people paying to, to be regurgitating the same message that the company says. So it doesn't make any sense out there. And yeah, you know, we stick our neck out there and we, we're getting, we have we have a lot of very big number of supporters, and we all have some people that don't like the company so much. and And I encourage uh, always um, guys to reach out to me directly if you have any questions. We're always happy to entertain questions by email, by Twitter, direct messaging, or even by call. If you have any specific questions of which that couldn't be answered through existing channels and information that are publicly available, Yara. 
Well, what I really appreciate that about you, John. You're very candid and you respond to people immediately on Twitter. And I, you know, I'm I'm sure running a company is a lot, but also, you know, being engaged with potential or existing shareholders is really um I think a testament to the fact that, you know, you're doing what you believe in and you're happy to discuss it with people. And I love that about mining. You know, you can't just call up, you know, Tim Cook from Apple and and find out what he's thinking. But with mining companies, you literally can interact directly with the management teams. And I, I think that that's um, one of the things I really like is kind of the transparency in the space. And I know that you're very forthright and I, I appreciate that about you. And I am one of your Twitter followers. And, uh, <laughs> so, um, I do appreciate that. But, um, as far as, uh, you know, anything silver elephant related, it, would you like, is there any kind of last words that you'd like to say to anybody who might be interested in getting more information, um, or, or, uh, some questions that have been, uh, maybe on the forefront of people in, on Twitter's minds that you've been answering recently? Well, yeah, I, I think a lot of disillusioned investors out there, um, a lot of uh, what I know is from January because because for 10 years I was investors uh, from 2000 and 2010. So I'm seeing some of the same, I think we're quite near the the sort of the, uh, the, uh, the reckoning moment or the inflection point. And uh, I'm seeing some of the despair that I saw in the early 2000 or the, the sort of the uh, 2016, 2017. So I don't, I think the fundamentals couldn't be stronger uh, going silver, going forward. Nothing has changed. Uh, the, the money printing continued. The, the yield will stay low. And, um, and I think a lot of people are looking for alternative investments. And, and uh, I think now is the time to, as I said, look at, look at your stable, diversify. And um, and given that all the babies throwing the, into the bath, that you know, pick, pick the winners. Now is the time to pick the winner because some guys will, will be stuck there. And and when the when the rebound happens, uh, out of a ten year period, Yara, you know, the commodity market's been about seven years going sideways, two years going down, only one year going up. So if we to miss that window one year of of to capture that window, either maybe because. I mean, picking the metals trend is already, timing is hard enough, but if you're gonna have to pick for some company's specific event that doesn't overlap or coincide with the positive metals window, then you're really gonna be missing out, that, missing out on that. So you don't wanna be riding with companies that are going through some politic permitting issues. You don't wanna be waiting with companies that are, you know, going over with some, some community issues or, or some specific government permitting issues or metallurgical issues or companies waiting for drill hole results of, of which there's no other prior resource right. already been discovered. Mm -hmm. um, so those are my, maybe, maybe my, my um, you know, my two cents. And um, I hope to be able to still continue to communicate with our shareholders to the best extent that, that I can. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, we're gonna have uh, some fun, some interesting times ahead. Yeah, I'm looking forward to a fun fall. It's one thing about silver is even when it's in the doldrums, it's not boring. Um, so I I am always happy to learn more, um, broaden my scope of knowledge so I can be a better investor. And also, I mean, when I learned about the fundamentals, I, I personally kind of went all in on silver because I, I wouldn't want to do that. But um, so it's always fun to talk to people who are, you know, really putting out uh, great information and also being very forthright with, like you said, you don't sugarcoat things. And I think that that's 
uh, a, a thing that I, I appreciate when I'm talking to people is, is the realism, but also the, the positive outlook. So um, thank you for sharing that with us, not only on the show, but also on Twitter. And I know people can sign up for your email uh, newsletter on um, silverelephant.com. Yes, and, um, all also, of my Twitter. Yes. yes, follow the Twitter. That was. <laughs> and here are some of my regards to Chris. I know he's having difficulties. Wi Fi. He's doing his margarita there in Mexico. And uh, <laughs> uh, yes. uh, I, I think it's, it's a nice. Um, well, and, and you know, he's getting ready for Silverfest uh, too, also. And I'm heading down there to do that as well. And it was so fun having you as part of that last year. And it's going to be a, a great party this year. You know, we're really celebrating silver in a way that I don't think any any other conferences necessarily do. It's really more of a, a party where, you know, all of the people who really are in the space can kind of come together and talk, you know, share experiences, talk, you know, and I think it's really community growing is so important for all of us as well, because like you said, there's a lot of new people. There's a lot of kind of uh, manipulation of their feelings, their emotions through the price manipulation as well. So I think, you know, it's nice to get to maybe outside of the what's happening right now, um, what, you know, where we all wait and like refresh on the charts, you know, yes. to, to talk about why we really uh, got into this in the first place and where we do see it going. So- Well, Yara, um, let, me, let me conclude. You know, like a lot of times, uh, let me keep an example, okay? Just, yeah. It just resonated with me there. You will plan on, say, uh, today I'm going to go for pizza, okay? So you, in the morning, you're thinking about, okay, tonight I'm going to go for pizza. Oh, yeah. So you plan all this pizza, and at lunchtime, you figure out what to go, the pizza. And then all of a sudden, like, when the pizza tent comes, and you drive by the corner, and you saw, like, a uh, burrito or taco, right? Yeah. And for some reason, like, all your planning went out of the window, and you went for the taco and you regret it. Same <laughs> for traveling, right? So all of a sudden you say, I'm going to book this trip and go to here and go to this hotel. And all of a sudden, the last minute, you heard somebody, something say that, and all of a sudden you change your mind. Stay true to your conviction. And uh, that's why a lot of people don't, don't make their money. Because in the last minute, when the matter, when the moment really, really counted, you got distracted into doing something else. And that is by design. So I'll just say, stay true to your conviction, stay true to your belief and, uh, and then meditate. And I'm very confident that like, the truth for, for silver because the facts don't lie. That's got the highest frequency. They, they're, they're, I mean, the use for silver is not going away. So right. just stay true to your conviction. Don't give, don't give up, don't give in. And uh, you know, the, the beacon of light is the light at the end of the tunnel, not far away. Yeah. I love that. I think that's a wonderful place to kind of wrap up for today. And I, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing with us. And um, personally, like I've learned a lot from listening to your interviews with Chris. So this is wonderful for me <laughs> to get to do this with you directly. So thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your insights and also, you know, what your company is doing, because I think that's a big part of of the whole story is, right. is, you know, where does the silver come from and, and how do we get there and mm -hmm. what do we need to do along the way? So it's fun to hear your mental thought processes on that. And thank you for sharing, you know, what Silver Elephant is doing with us. And for all of you that would like more information, please check out silverelephant.com or find John Lee on Twitter. And uh, John, thank you so much for spending this uh, last 
what? Oh, 45 minutes. Thank <laughs> you so much. It's so easy to talk to you for a long time. Like you're, you've got a great um, energy about you. And I love how you really brought it back to stay true to what you know, and, you know, meditate being the calm in the storm is the best way to make, you know, great decisions. And so, you know, don't get buffeted around by every headline that comes or any, you know, morning smash down, like those, that's like, you know, the dust in the wind, but we don't yes. have to get blown over by it. So yes. Cool. Thank well, you, Yara. Thank you, John. And I hope that you have a wonderful week and we will he hopefully hear some updates again from you shortly. Certainly will do. Thank you. All right. Thank you. And thank you everybody for watching. And please remember to like, share, subscribe, visit silverelef.com and follow John Lee on Twitter. <laughs>